Good morning, everyone, and Happy New Year. On behalf of the pastoral care team, can I just say that we just love you guys and we're here for you this year. So um, just want to know, we want you to know that we really care for you. So this is the corporate prayer slot, so let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you make all things new. Thank you for all that you have allowed into our lives this past year the good along with the hard things, which have reminded us how much we need you and rely on your presence filling us every single day. We pray for your spirit to lead us each step of this new year. We ask that you will guide our decisions and turn our hearts to deeply desire you above all else. We ask that you will open doors needing to be opened and close the ones needing to be shut tight. We ask that you would help us release our grip on the things to which you've said no, not yet, or wait. We ask for help to pursue you first above every dream and desire you've put within our hearts. We ask for your wisdom, for your strength and power to be constantly present within us. We pray you would make us strong and courageous for the road ahead. Give us ability beyond what we feel able let your gifts flow freely through us so that you would be honoured by our lives and others would be drawn to you. We pray that you would keep us far from the snares and traps of temptations, that you would whisper in our ear when we need to run and whisper in our heart when we need to stand our ground. We pray for your protection over our families and friends. We ask for your hand to cover us and keep us distanced from the evil intent of the enemy, that you be a barrier to surround us, that we would be safe in your hands. We pray that you would give us discernment and insight to understand your will, hear your voice and know your ways. We ask that you would keep our footsteps firm on solid ground, helping us to be consistent and faithful. Give us supernatural endurance to stay the course, not swerving to the right or to the left, or being too easily distracted by other things that would seek to call us away from a close walk with you. Forgive us for the times we have worked so hard to be self-sufficient, forgetting our need of you, living independent of your spirit. Forgive us for letting fear and worry control our minds and for allowing pride and selfishness wreak havoc over our lives. Forgive us for not following your ways and for living distant from, distant from your presence. We confess our need of you. We ask that you make all things new in our hearts, our minds, in our lives for this coming year. We pray for your refreshing over us. Keep your words of truth planted firm within us. Help us to keep focused on what is pure and right. Give us the power to be obedient to your word. Remind us we are safe with you and your purposes and plans for us will not fail. We ask that you would provide for our needs. We ask for grace and favour. We pray for your blessings to cover us. Help us to be known as great givers. Help us to be generous and kind. Help us to look to the needs of others and not be consumed by our own. May we be lovers of truth. May the fruits of your spirit be evident in our lives. 
Shine your light in us, through us and over us. May we make a difference in this world for your glory and purposes. Set your way before us. May we reflect your peace and hope to a world that so desperately needs your presence and healing. To you be glory and honour in the new year and forever. In Jesus' name. No? Yes, thank you. Now, Kathy's job is to remind me to talk into this. Gosh, it's lovely to see so many people. Some of you I know, and you, you know me, and you know that I, I'm a little bit different. And uh, <clears throat> so I just warn you, for those that don't know me, my wife usually has to introduce me twice. First time to introduce me, the second time to apologise. But um, <laughs> this morning, I thought we'd go on a little journey, and uh, the title has been called Getting safely home. So let me just pray. Not that I need to add to what Willie's prayed, but a loving Father, Lord, we thank you that we're found in your presence today. Our hearts are open to you, our God. Lord, may the thoughts that you've given me, the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you and to your people. Lord, I pray your blessing on these people today and uh, I speak in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Right. Well, I love, I love sailing, and uh, I guess over my life at different points I've had the joy of, of sailing. Have we got other sailors here? Anybody sailors? Terry's a sailor, good. But most of you have probably been on the water at some stage. So I decided at one stage to improve my knowledge that I'd undertake a basic course on coastal navigation and that's quite fun you know they teach you how to look out for different markers the lighthouses and things and how to use a compass and take bearings on high points and uh, different uh, you know different aspects and it was, it's very interesting and it's almost it's quite doable uh, you know you think yeah yeah I can do this and then the last week of the course the instructor uh, said now there's a couple of things that I haven't uh, haven't pointed out uh, he says that this is as if you were on dry land there's a chart, you know, it's just like you're driving along on it with a road map. But there are two other elements that we need to introduce into this. One is called the wind and the other is called the tide. And so all your calculations get moved all the time as the, 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 the waves and things. You'll, you'll get this as we go along, I'm sure. So I thought we might go on a bit of a virtual sail this morning and I hope you, that you'll join in as crew. So I welcome your input uh, as together as a happy band of pilgrims, uh, pilgrim sailors, and the bit of child still in me likes to dress up, so here are my sailing socks. I don't know if you can see these. There's some rather fine, which I think my lovely grandchildren gave me for who are here, which is lovely to see you girls, and my beautiful uh, daughter-in-law. Thank you. So there's my, uh, my seagulls. Um, as you know, whilst remaining within sight of land is relatively easy uh, if you keep taking compass uh, bearings and familiar, familiarising... Just slow down, Michael. I haven't done this for a while. I'm all excited. Uh, <laughs> landmarks, light boys, channel markers, and local advice. It's also very useful in one's preparation to consider safety requirements, you know, dinghy or a life raft in case you're... <clears throat> uh, flares, radio, compass, anchors, etc. Choose a good crew. And I want to make special mention of uh, one of the crew members, David Cottrell. 
who has helped me put together these pictures. And uh, I'm completely technically challenged, but David, bless him, has been a wonderful crew member, as there are many, and we've already heard some of the crew speaking here this morning. Choose a good crew. The Navy spend a huge amount of time preparing for emergencies. Fire drills, man overboard, collision, etc. Have you asked yourself, ever asked, why this is so important? What happens when the conditions change? Your preparation may well save your life. Here's the words of Scripture. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. One might well ask, is attending the gathering with the crew once every two or three weeks or less good preparation? Most of you are here because you're regular crew members and I commend you and you attend the weekly meetings and I'm sure that you can testify to the helpfulness of the gatherings. Spending time looking at the charts regularly and talking to the skipper, if you get my drift. That's just a little. <laughs> are there some spiritual analogies or similarities you can suggest to some of these things? Like charts and beacons. Anybody want to sing out? No right and wrong, I shan't embarrass you more than I normally do. Sorry? The Bible. The Bible is a, is a what? A chart, thank you. Daily devotional, thank you. Keeps pointing us in the, uh, it's, a, it's a, a, a bearing, isn't it? It's a, 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 an anchor, not an anchor pointer. We're going forward. Anybody else? Something, one other. Helpful friendships. Helpful friendships. Oh, people on the journey. Judy, sorry. Prayer. Prayer. Wonderful. You get the thing. You get the, you get the general idea. Thank you. Thank you. The challenge is not just to know these things intellectually but to be able to put them into practice. We so easily get complacent, and so it is, it's so much better to develop this as a lifestyle rather than an occasional event. And uh, some years ago, Bev and I had the, uh, the joy of going over to an evangelism conference in Sydney, and we're staying at this big hotel, and there were two groups of people. There were the evangelism mob, and uh, another huge crowd of people who were uh, attending a sales seminar. And we ended up one night in the, in the sauna, uh, sitting there, it was great, smart hotel, and use all the facilities. And this couple came in and we got chatting. And uh, the guy said to us, he said, um, well, who are you with? Which group are you with? Are you with the sales mob or the, you know, the churches? And we said, oh, no, we're, we're with the God botherers. And uh, he said, oh, that's interesting. He said, tell me, is that, is that a hobby for you or is it a lifestyle? What, a, what an incisive question, wasn't it, really? It was so, so good. So Jesus reminds us that if we hear his words and put them into practice, we will build our lives on, on a firm foundation. Just before this verse in Matthew 7, he warns us that not everyone will enter the kingdom. It indicates that some will perish on the journey. The scriptures are full of warnings. We do, not, we do need to take these warnings seriously. So I personally don't believe in the scriptures indicating universalism. You know, everybody's going to get in. God's really loving and, you know, it doesn't matter what you do, he'll let you in. I don't think the scriptures indicate that. 
We've just celebrated the marvel of incarnation. God coming to us in the person of Jesus. Many then, and sadly still today, did not understand who he is. But a close friend of his, John, wrote his account of his gospel, records that yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who received him, there's this accepting the gift. What a statement, isn't it? To be absolutely adopted by God himself. Have you taken up this offer? I know many of you have, but have you all? Have you taken up his offer? A few verses later, John writes, he says that Jesus comes, or God comes to us in the person of Jesus, full of grace and truth. Interesting the way the words are put. It's not truth and grace, but grace and truth. God comes to us. We don't reach up to him. We don't try and pull God down. We don't try and please a God by doing things. He has come to us in the person of Jesus. He comes in grace. He comes with unlimited favour. He comes to us. Then he reveals truth. It's not the other way around. Right, Dave, if we can go on. Um, thank you. Um, the journey. Isn't that a lovely picture here? All right, I take... You remember I used to wear my jumper around my... Yeah, still do. Thanks, Terry. You remember, you remember. All right. All right. Now, when, when did I start? About two minutes ago, wasn't it? Yeah, good. Okay, right. Okay. So that's, that's easy. That's one page done, isn't it? So, right. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one gets home without Jesus. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people that we may be, must be saved by it. No other name given to people we must be saved by it. Interesting, the way, the truth and the life, and this is the journey that we're on. So the next challenge is that when we go further out to sea, out of the shallows, out of the side of land where there are no familiar landmarks, it's a very different set of circumstances. When going on a long sea voyage, all sorts of things can occur. And like life, it is really plain sailing. Jesus warns us. He says, on earth, you will have trouble. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So what are the kinds of things that can happen? Crew, what are the things that happen when we get off to sea? I get Good one. Sorry, we get distracted by other things. That's an interesting thought. Andre, Andre can you tell him? <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, I promise I wouldn't pick on people. Uh, sorry, Andre. I won't pick on you again, Andre. Uh, Andre, that's Andre in the middle there. If you didn't, uh, uh, sorry. Um, anything else that happens? Strong winds. Thank you. Strong winds and strong. Strong winds. Okay, what else happens? Storms. 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 That's it. Storms. Thank you. Come on, come on, come on. You're a bit slow. Haven't you had coffee yet? Come on. No coffee. Sorry? Rain? Yeah, okay. All right. What about rocks and sandbars and, you know, a few things like that? Okay, you get the picture. All right. You know, in early, uh, early navigation, in the early, early, early days in Australia, uh, the, the, the sailors were quite good at 
uh, latitude. They could work out by looking at the sun and, and doing some calculations. If they knew if they're north or south of the equator, they could work out reasonably well where they were a across the world. And, uh, and so the ships leaving Europe would roar off down to the, what they call the Roaring Forties, I think it was, it was. And then if they're coming to Australia, they'll turn left and, and get into the, and they come whizzing across. The only problem was they, they weren't very good at the longitude. So they actually didn't know how far they'd come. And so if you've been to Western Australia or even the shores of Kangaroo Island and some of the Victorian coasts and even Tasmania, there's heaps of wrecks because these poor ships didn't know how far to go. And so their navigation was very limited and it wasn't until they got chronometers, etc., that they could help find their way and knew when to stop. And that's probably, yeah. So that's just a little bit of uh, navigation for you. I thought you'd be interested in that. Okay, people fall overboard. There are accidents. Deliberately, people take shortcuts. So oh, I can just cut off this. We'll just go through this bit here. And they run aground. And there is even mutiny. We don't like what this ship is doing. We don't like the songs, the sea shanties they are singing. <clears throat> Most common is likely, thank you, to be storms. Anyone experienced any storms lately? Just a few of us, just a few of us. It's been a very stormy year. Can we have uh, the next slide, uh, Dave, sorry. This is one of my favorite pictures. I must get one and buy one. Look at this, isn't that gorgeous? There's the Lord Jesus standing behind me. It speaks for itself, doesn't it? But what a beautiful imagery of Jesus pointing out the way. Thanks, David. Vessels can founder in a storm. And in the Greek, one of the words for the Holy Spirit is paraclete and can be illustrated in nautical terms by a large ship coming alongside a smaller vessel in trouble, uh, trouble of being swamped. And it gives it shelter and thus prevents the smaller ship foundering. The larger ship would then lash itself to the smaller ship and bring it to safety. Isn't that a lovely illustration of the Holy Spirit coming alongside us when we're in trouble and preventing us from foundering? One of the other really helpful things is guides and pilots, and those travellers who have gone before and especially those who have made it safely home. We've been very privileged to have a life amongst us of David Potter and of us to warn Judy, but we wanted to speak about her lovely man and thank you for sharing his life with us. What were some of the things that David did in his preparation for his journey home? What were some of his attributes? And those of us that were privileged to go to his memorial service heard many, many attributes, and some of you perhaps weren't there. So again, crew, tell us some of the wonderful attributes that you remember of our brother David. He was a good father, thank you. He was a worshipper. He was a worshipper. He loved to sing. He was always praising God, wasn't he? Come on, don't be shy. He loved Very caring person. Oh, oh, sorry. sorry. Let's go over here. Voice. Voice. John. Very a very caring person. Thank you, John. Somebody down here. He loved the word and always spoke of what God did. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. What else is David known for? Some. He had teeth. He had a teeth making it laugh. He was a funny man, wasn't he? He was a delightful man. Anything else? There's lots. So many, many, many attributes of David. He was generous, wasn't he? He was a generous man. He was a loving man. Bev, um, 
She's gone. No, she hasn't. Darling, just read to us. Um, so what a wonderful pilot Bev comes. So, um, she's just going to read a scripture to us. But what a, what a wonderful privilege we've had to have such a pilot that has gone ahead and, and shown us the way ahead. There's another scripture Bev's just going to read for us from Colossians. No, got it wrong. It's 2 Peter verse one, chapter 1, <laughs> and it says about verse 2, May God give you more and more grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge, uh, the knowledge of God and Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who has called him to, us, uh, to himself and by means of his marvellous glory and excellence. And because of the glory and excellence, he has given us great promises. In view of all of these promises, make every effort to respond to the promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. And to moral excellence, add some knowledge. And to knowledge, add self-control. And to self-control, be patient with endurance. And with patient endurance, with godliness. And godliness, with brotherly affection. And brotherly affection, with love for everyone. Then God will give you a grand entrance into the kingdom of God. No, that's First Peter one. Second Peter one. Second Peter one. Got that? Second Peter one. In the storms of life, fog or bad weather, it's easy to be blown off course, and I'm sure it's happened to all of us. I know I have. I've zigzagged a little bit in my life. Fortunately, God. Quiet, Terry. <laughs> God usually sends someone along to help us get back on track if we can be humble enough to accept his help and advice. And that's not always easy, is it? As part of our journey, it's important that we look out for those who have lost their way. And Willie prayed such a beautiful prayer, particularly when there are broken relationships. Uh, you know, when people things go wrong, don't they? Christmas time, families, we fall out, horrible things. But here's a lovely line from the poet W.H. Auden. If affection cannot be, let the more loving be me. Let me repeat that. If affection cannot be, in other words, there's a broken relationship. If the affection cannot be, let the more loving be me. Let us take the first step. It's a tiny reminder to be kind to our fellow travellers. And there are, of course, many mysteries in this life which we may not get to understand until we reach the other side. This is not the time or the place to discuss why God allows suffering, but we have to trust. And in the words of Abraham, who was known as the friend of God, surely the God of the whole earth will do right. All those who have lived a little longer, and there's a lot of grey hair here, we can look back over our lives, and in most events we can see that somehow God has worked out things for good as he has promised. Sometimes those things take a little longer than we anticipate, but we sing that lovely song, don't we? Lord, you've been so faithful, so, so faithful. And that's certainly the experience of so many of us. God has been faithful. St. Paul in his letter to the Corinthians tells them that the, that the stories in the Old Testament are examples of human struggles 
and were written down as warnings to us as well as encouragement to whom on the, the culmination of the ages have come. And remember Errol Hepworth? I don't know if you remember, some of you might remember Errol. Um, but they, I remember him used to sing this little chorus and he said, And these things are written for examples unto you who are living in the final days of time. It's a lovely, lovely chorus. But here are these things written. We think of, uh, say, the life of Joseph. Uh, the hero of faith and one of the many. He had a clear call from God. He went on a difficult journey until he came to the end of himself. <laughs> and then God used him. And he was instrumental in saving a whole nation. His journey and our journey shape us. So between us here, we have many stories of God rescuing us and saving us out of awful situations. And let me tell you about a man I met in the late 70s. His name was Russick Rancord. And it's not an anagram because I haven't worked it out yet. And I can't spell it, don't ask me. But Russick Rancord was a gentleman of uh, Indian descent. I don't know if anybody else has heard of him, some of our old people. Anyway, he came as a guest speaker to a, uh, a church youth camp, an Easter camp. And he told us that he was travelling on the ferry from Littleton, uh, this the, the, uh, the port of Christchurch in New Zealand and uh, South Island. And he was on his way to Wellington. And as the uh, ferry was approaching Wellington Harbour, it was hit by a massive cyclone. And the ship capsized and, and well, it virtually sank. And it said, the sinking of the Littleton-Wellington ferry, the Wahine, on the 10th of April 1968 was New Zealand's worst modern maritime disaster. 51 people lost their lives that day. And Russick told us, he said he was on that ferry and uh, it was getting very uncomfortable. The storm was raging and he was downstairs and then there was a crash and the boat started to heel over. And so he found his way in the corridor. The crowd sort of pushed him along and, and he made his way up to the deck and the crowd sort of pushed him along and he found himself just being carried along, he said, and there was a lifeboat. And there were very few lifeboats launched that day because you imagine as the boat tipped over, only certain boats could get away. And he found himself in the lifeboat. And the lifeboat was then uh, work, going towards shore and as they're approaching the, the, the rocks on the shore, uh, massive waves are crashing and they thought, oh, we've escaped the, 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 the drowning and now we're going to smash into the rocks. And just as they got to the rocks, the current caught them and swept them round, away from the rocks, round the headland and landed the lifeboat on a beach and it just pulled up on the beach. And he got out just wet to his socks. You know, and what he told us, he said the most amazing thing, he said... I was there, but I felt I wasn't there. I felt I was watching this whole thing unfolding before me. I felt I was wrapped in cotton wool. Somehow the Spirit of God had protected him and, and led him and guided him and took him to safety. What an amazing story. Amazing story. And Colossians tells us that, so set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Wasn't that a lovely you know, illustration? Here's this man whose life was hidden in Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. We're being taken home. Russick was literally hidden in Christ that day. 
St. Paul experienced being shipwrecked three times. He was a slow learner, wasn't he? He kept getting back on his boats, including a night and day in the open sea. What was, he, what was going through his mind? He was human. I'm sure he was frightened. He would have been cold. But he held on. How did he survive? He had faith and he put it into action. He believed in the God to whom he had entrusted his life. No wonder he could write. Nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor demons. Neither fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above, in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our Lord. Nothing can Nothing can separate us. He had faith. Now, faith is the confidence. Uh, on we go. I think, David, please. Uh, faith is the confidence that what we hope for. Sorry. Now, faith is the confidence in what we hope for. The assurance about what we do not see hanging on. And then here's a couple of uh, pictures here of uh, uh, St. Paul's shipwreck in Malta. And how, you know, not one member of that crew was lost they all got to shore you know, even after well, it was a couple of weeks wasn't it they've been driven by the storm no stars couldn't see any guidance doing all the things they could and Paul gets up and he says the Lord has appeared to me this night and if you follow my instructions not one of you will perish and they all got ashore some swam some came on bits and pieces it's a wonderful thing okay the landing and I'm finishing with this I will give them eternal life I will give them eternal life and they shall never perish. No one can snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. And then there's a couple of... Uh, uh, Dave, we go on to the next uh, slides and uh, there's a couple of pictures of uh, ships here. One uh, going off into the uh, sunset and then another one uh, coming um, into the sunlight. And I'd just uh, uh, like to read a little poem. Uh, it's called Gone From Our Sight. And this was read by my uh, lovely uh, brother-in-law, Paul, at my father's funeral. Gone From My Sight by uh, John, sorry, Henry Van Dyke. I'm standing upon the seashore. A ship is at my side, spreads her white sails to the moving breeze and starts for the blue ocean. She is an object of beauty and strength. I stand and watch her until at length she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and sky come to mingle with each other. Then someone at my side says, there, she's gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight. That is all. She is just as large in mass and hull and spar as when she left my side, and she is just as able to bear her load of living freight to her destined port. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just at that moment, when someone at my side says, There, she is gone, there are other eyes watching her coming and other voices ready to take up the glad shout. 
Here she comes. And that is dying. Isn't that a lovely illustration of, uh, uh, yeah. So we're not told too much about their arrival. We know that Jesus has gone ahead to prepare a place for us. There's going to be no more crying, no more pain or suffering. And we'll see him face to face and we'll live with him forever. It'll be glorious. Well, there's a story of an American missionary uh, who's coming home. He's been in Africa all his life serving God, given his whole life to serving Jesus. And he uh, retires and he comes home and he's on a steamer uh, coming back to America. On the same steamer was one of the presidents of America. So as the steamer approaches the, the port, the bands start to play, all the troops sing, the cannons fire and the flags fly, and, and it's very exciting. And the president gets off and the crowd disappears. And the missionaries standing there. He says, Lord, I've served you all my life. Where's my welcome? The Lord speaks to him. He says, son, you haven't come home yet. I'd like to end this time with a well-known song. It was made popular by a singer called Rod Stewart. All our grey hairs will know. We'll, you know we can all do that. It's an iconic song with a Celtic lift about it, Sailing Home. It's written by a Scotsman, Gavin Sunderland, of the Sunderland Brothers duo. I thought you'd like to know that. 1972. But when the words come up on the screen, you may be very surprised by them, as I was. It is much deeper than you may think. Sunderland said of the song, most people take the song to be about a young guy telling his girl that he's crossing the Atlantic to be with her. And that's the romantic thing, isn't it? We are sailing. That's the thing. But, he says, this song has got nothing to do with romance or ships. It is an account of mankind's spiritual odyssey through life on his or her way to freedom and fulfilment with the supreme being. Let's just play that uh, track, if we may, Dave. You didn't, don't suspect them. You know, some of the great songs we sing, like this one, An Amazing Grace, we don't, often we don't understand the true meaning behind the song. The song Sailing reflects the anguished cry of the human heart, longing to be reconciled to God, to be near him, to be free. Wow. That was such a joy when I found that. You can't believe. Think, oh, that's so good. God has set eternity in our hearts. We will never be really at home or at rest until we're united with him through Jesus Christ. May I ask you again, have you received him? It's vital for your journey ahead to have Christ in your ship. No one can get home without him. 
His gracious offer to us is to take you home, or to take us home, to be free. He gave his life to buy for you, as it were, the ticket home. Will you accept his offer? Will you receive his gift for you? The title of this talk is Getting Safely Home. For those of us already on this journey, how are you travelling? Do you have the reassurance that you will make it safely home? There will be some people afterwards in the service to talk and pray with you if you'd like that, if it's going to be helpful for you to have somebody come alongside you and guide you through the storm, the storms of life, because we all need each other, don't we? It's wonderful to be with such a great crew. Thank you for letting me talk to you. Just encourage you to draw near to him, and Carol's going to be speaking to us a bit more, I think, next week on spending time with God and drawing close to him. On the journey, encourage one another, trusting him to bring you safely home. Let us pray. Our eternal God, Lord, you to whom all secrets are known, to whom every heart is open. Lord, you know us. You know our frame. You know when we stand. You know when we sit. And Lord, we're found in your presence today. Lord, we've been talking about the journey home to you. And Lord, there's been some pointers and you have spoken to different people in different ways and uh, people will have grabbed different things from this talk. But Lord, by your Holy Spirit, encourage your people today. Encourage us to hold on to, to faith, to hold on to Christ, to keep our eyes on him. And Lord, to care for those on the journey with us. Lord, we love you. We bless you. We thank you that you are with us on this journey and you've made provision for us in our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Uh, Andrew, I think you're going to sing. You're there. Hello. Um, bless you. Thank you for allowing me to be part of the crew. It's been great. And um, Thank you. Do you want to do this? No, that's it. Thank you, Mike. What an encouraging word. We've got a chance to respond to what God might be speaking to us in song. Uh, you can join in with the words if you want to, if you want to close your eyes and just be in God's presence and speak to Him what's on your heart. You can do that too. I invite you to stand, stretch your legs a bit. If you want to raise your arms, you can. If you want to hold them out to receive Jesus again, you can do that.
calling us back to you, back to a place where we are close to you, where we know that you are holding us no matter what. Whether we feel it or not, whether we see it or not, we know it beyond understanding, that knowledge that surpasses understanding. Thank you for holding us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for carrying us. And we know that we will be carried safely home. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, that brings us to a close this morning. Um, thank you, Mike, for sharing that message and reminding us of the journey of life and how we need each other and we need Jesus. And uh, keep our eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of our faith. So thank you, Mike. Just another quick reminder, if you would like prayer for anything, we do have our prayer room and there'll be people there who would love to pray with you and just chat with you. So feel free to use that. Also, don't forget, please stay around for a coffee and uh, just wonderful to see you all this morning. So have a blessed day and we'll see you next time. Thank you.